0: Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, aka Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode twenty-six. Easy for me to say. The incomparable Polly Sleepers joins me today, and 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 I'm excited for Polly to join me. Joins me on short notice as uh, you know Peter Howard fell off a cruise ship unbelievable he texted me from the bottom of the ocean where there are no internet connections unable to make it was Peter Howard we'll get him back on uh some other week you know but uh you know uh, unfortunately we go from Peter to Paul uh next week we'll have Mary and we'll be we'll we'll complete the triumvirate uh but Polly Sleepers you all know Polly, uh the absolute godfather of the undroppables. Polly Sleepers Paul Lundegaard what's going on buddy
1: What's up, Jax? How you doing? Uh, Yeah, short notice since we decided to do this uh, about 30 minutes ago. Uh, Peter, let me tell you about Peter Howard. (laughs) He is the epitome of love-hate that I've ever, ever witnessed in my lifetime. Mostly love, but um, I'm going to have to hate on him for ghosting you.
0: Yeah, uh, no, I, I mean. had the most amazing intro for for Peter, too. I had new nicknames for him that have never been never been revealed. I'm not sure if I'm going to give him those nicknames. I'm going to give him some other nicknames now going forward. I mean, we got to put,
1: new- put him in the doghouse just a little bit.
0: I mean, I had things like the British Brainiac, things that have never been uttered. And now I'm going to have to come up with some new nicknames. It's okay. I uh, still love Peter. He is the... The aforementioned Robin Hood of the analytics world, uh, just giving out free information. But uh, Yeah, shout out to
1: Peter, to- man. He's great. He was sharing some stuff with me today. Uh, we were talking about Terrence Marshall on Twitter, and he jumped in with some uh, a, a really good pod that he did on YouTube, uh, like a breakdown for like 40 minutes. And it, it was nice, uh, interesting to see that he was under the thresholds and kind of, um, making me you know, feel pretty good about being lower than the consensus on him. I know we're jumping right into uh, fantasy talk, but I mean, that's what that's what we're going to do, right? Uh, Let, um, let's
0: jump. As a matter of fact, Pauly, uh, this is an homage to the Unscripted pod. I know you guys do Unscripted, and I always joke that it's unscripted for you and Beezy, but pr- term gets to decide whether he knows what the fuck you guys are going to talk about or not. So it's really <laughs> scripted for his ass and unscripted for you two fools. But uh unscripted nonetheless we are.
1: Yeah, heck yeah, man. Uh we just like to get together and uh, hit record and start talking about football and um we both we all three of us, all four of us, all 20 of us in the indroppables. What do we got? 21, 20, 21 now? All 22. That's, That's all. All twenty-two now. That's all we do all the time. Is is um, is practiced our craft and uh, and try to get better and be better for everybody. So uh, um, we've been talking a lot of rookies, and I admit I need to. You know, I'm still getting into it. Um, There was a time when I didn't even start rookie evaluation until around this time, but um, you know, being with the undroppables and having to get stuff done, I got started a lot earlier. So I feel behind but I feel ahead because I'm ahead of where I've been in the past, but I'm beyond I'm behind probably where I should be to go on a podcast and talk about all of the rookies. So, um, you know, I just knowing is half the battle, man. And I think that some of the people that are out there are jumping right into takes. They haven't done their evaluation yet. Um, you know, the smart guys are saying be water and, uh, you will see guys like us. Um, yeah, we are going to change our evaluations, and we are going to, um, um, you know, move our rankings around and and get involved in this because you know, if unless you're talking to Ray Q or, or Thor Nyström or one of those guys that's just 100 percent Devi all the time, like there's a lot of people that just shouldn't be talking right now. Yeah, they absolutely. I mean, they should be listening.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and you know it's funny you say that, Pauly, because I've literally told my listeners and and whoever is listening that that was my kind of process going into this thing was you know I had some film guys on early, some some Devi and college guys on early, and I was asking more questions than telling more tales, right? In other words, I, I'm trying to figure it out with you, and you're a hundred percent right. I mean, it's one thing to be a Twitter personality and kind of fire off a few fucking snarky comments. Uh, about players and then finally figure it out, you know, late March, early April, as opposed to having a podcast where, you know, people are listening to you. They're, they're trying to figure it out based off of your feedback and you gotta be, you gotta be prepared for that. And so, yeah, I totally get your, uh, feel like you're behind, but feel like you're ahead all at the same time. That makes, that's fucking, that's, that's gold right there, baby. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it
1: just, i'm I'm smart enough to admit when I don't know enough. Um, and And I think that's just something that's very much lacking. Um, at this point in the process. this is really early, guys. We have two months until the draft. So let's you know, calm down, figure it out. don't get the take lock going uh, and 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 we'll get it. We'll get it just like we got it last year. Uh, we quickly figured out that Jonathan Taylor was the pick over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and everybody that follows the undroppables picked Jonathan Taylor uh, 103. I mean, that's the best thing about it—you got the discount. You know, yes. not only not only did you say, "Hey," and we have that opportunity again. I think, yes, um, not because Najee Harris is bad, no, but because you could get Javante Williams a few picks later and possibly have Najee's ceiling production and and more. Yes, and more. There's,
0: there, you know, I think I shared it with the group chat, too. There was some there's some talk about Javante. Obviously, there's some people way out in front saying he's the RB1. and That's fine. I, I'm not against that, actually. I don't – I think I said it last week on the show. I, I've i got those two, three guys up there at the top, and I'm leaning Javante 101, but I'm not. I'm leaning Najee 101, but I'm not. I'm kind of I'm, – I'm there. But I've heard a lot of people saying that, you know, Javante is a fraud, Javante... I heard this today. Javante is trendy. Um, I don't really know what that means. Um, I, I don't saw know what that one. means.
1: I'm not not going to call anybody out. but No, I it's that. not
0: a call out. It's a, it's a, Look, it, they said it. So, I mean, it's I, it's okay. I mean, I'm not here to call them stupid about it. I'm just saying that's their opinion. Their opinion's valid. I want to hear it. Um, but I don't understand it. Um, and, and like you said, you saw it. What, what did you take from that?
1: Well, I want to know more. Um, if he... Um, so what's his thoughts, what has he done analytics and or film and or both wise to know that, um, that he's not deserving of a top three pick. I mean, right. I, I'm pretty firm right now that he's, you know, Oh, in his position, um, I I'm still naje one Oh one, but, um, Javante's, you know, right there with Etienne for me and, um, and I'm not mad at anybody that that ranks Javante 101 because I, I see something special there. And, yeah, and obviously uh, if, when
0: we talk 101, we're talking about a non superflex, of course, but nonetheless.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I clarify by saying within the position. Yes. Um. So yeah, within the position. But um. So yeah. Okay. If, if he's if he's the trendy pick, you're saying this because why? Because you watched him and you didn't see anything special. What about his game? Do you think that he's only being given what's you know taking what's given to him or is he creating that's one of the biggest things for me is vision and uh for ppr eye contact with the quarterback and then being able to create yards on your own and not just take the holes and 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 have speed and get your you know get your big play and because of his trucking ability and his just running through people but also having the the, you know, the athleticism to run around them too and take the right path. And then just those eyes to the quarterback when he's in his routes. I don't know that I've ever seen anybody just, I mean, you're supposed to look and, and on the longer routes, you're supposed to look twice. So on a longer, you know, you know, deep like wheel route or something, you want to get your head around to the quarterback, right? Coming out of the flat to let him know that, okay, you're on it. And then you're going to want to look one more time, you know, before during the, you know, the release part to let him know to get, you know, get the ball to you. And and you will see Javante get his head turned around and keep it there through the route, staring down the quarterback. I don't know that I've seen that. That's going, that's going to, um, get him more looks, I think, a lot. I, I just love his vision in the passing game and um, his trucking ability. He's 5'10", 220. Um, I mean, he's got the prototypical size. He just looks like he's ready to punish. Yeah, uh, and,
0: and, and I've heard a number of analytical people say he's one on their board. Matter of fact, it was going to be Peter Howard, too, that I was going to ask, um, I, I think he had mentioned that, you know, his model created him at, 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 the RB one as well. And so analytically it looks great. And, and, and look, I, I look at the anatomy of a running back a bit just to sort of identify if, if they have the, 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 the sort of, uh, profile of an elite running back. Javante hits every, uh, every metric on that. So, I mean, he, he at least qualifies. And, and so when I see that, I, I start to think, okay, well, Now let's see about film because there are some other guys who've done that before and, and I'll, I'll name some names that'll be painful for some of you, but like Rashad Penny, Royce Freeman type of players where, okay, yeah, they, they had the requisite, you know, profile to get there, but sometimes the film like Rashad Penny played at a small school and, you know, ran through the same holes that Donnell Pumphrey was able to dominate and, you know, um, uh, Royce Freeman, uh, a lot of times was running to open space, et cetera. Well, <clears throat> we looked at, um, you know, Javante Williams tape and I'm, I'm saying the same thing, like, you know, Hey, there's two ways to sort of break tackles. First of all, he was one of the highest, uh, percentage of broken tackles in, in college football, Yeah, which has been a metric that has, you know, really uh, translated to the NFL anytime it's happened, you know, they, they, those are, those are great, um, stats. And so then I looked at, you know, his film and, and there's two ways to break tackles. One is to do it through contact and one is to evade contact. Uh, he certainly can do it through contact. Now, can he do it through contact at the NFL level? Well, I don't know. Obviously that's always the question, right? Is whether or not what we see at college can translate to the NFL level. But he does that. Uh, also, what I look for is sort of burst away from contact or burst away from congestion. Uh, anytime you see a guy at co- in college where he just can't seem to get away from guys, then he probably doesn't have bursts and probably doesn't have enough speed at the NFL level. Because he's always kind of, oh, man, he almost broke that. You know, you don't want to, you right. want to be like the
1: burst. There's the burst off and coming out of the line. And then there's also, if there's burst out of the, out of contact.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. Fucking Polly Javante Williams is an absolute stud. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to look back on this and he's going to be sort of that, that hinge point back where, you know, obviously if you miss on, on Najee Harris or Travis Etienne. It's going to be like, well, you know, come on, man. I was supposed to take him. And and a lot of the other guys are kind of like, you know, swings and misses. But he's going to be the one that it's like, you know, people are going to plant their flag or they're going to be all out. And he's going to be that one that really changes people's, uh, you know, uh, dynasty uh, fortunes, let's just say. So I'm really excited for him. But, yeah, and and, and everything I've watched and everything I've seen. Now, what I also did, Paulie, was I talked to people who, who do know a little bit more, like Felix Sharp and things like that, and they, they were telling me that this kid played linebacker in high school. Like He was a linebacker. He didn't even wow. play running back. He wasn't recruited as a running back. He came in as a freshman and basically transitioned to running back and did so very well. And then as a true sophomore, put up nearly 1,000 yards on five and a half a carry, and, and then as a junior – lit the world on fire with almost eight yards of carry and and the film that we saw. So he looks like a natural running back and he's only been playing the position for two years. So look, the, the body, the, the, I think he's going to be strong, fast, bursty, agile. I think he's got all that stuff. And I think part of the reason that some of the community for lack of a better term is off of him is because of that. He wasn't a Debbie prospect. He wasn't a guy that like, came through, was like, oh, you got to own Javante Williams. He's fucking out of nowhere. Even last year, like, who the fuck's this Javante right. Williams? And now as a junior, he's coming out. They're off him.
1: They, well, they, Michael Michael Carter has a lot to do with that, too. Bingo. And we had uh, J.J. Zacharyson on the unscripted pod from number fire uh, late-round QB. It was so awesome having him on. And I was going to say earlier, you know, your thresholds for your anatomy series – is really a lot like what Peter does. And it's really a lot like what uh, JJ does too. And all three of you have that same kind of analytical style of you have thresholds that you meet and, and, and that's, you know, where you're basing it on. And, and like you said, sometimes you can let somebody pass because they're not meeting everyone. Like was it Gabriel Davis or Darnell Mooney? That Both, you
0: but- but Gabriel Davis, you're absolutely right. He, he hit every box except draft cap.
1: Except draft cap. But one could argue that he probably he should have been, been
0: bingo. Yes.
1: A, a day two guy, you know, a round yes. three or round four guy. Um, But he, um, Javante popped for JJ really well as as well.
0: I think that might have been where I heard it too, by the way. Shameless yeah. plug check out Unscripted Pod. The, the pod with J.J. was great. It, you know, J.J. does a, a short podcast, uh, about a 15, 20-minute pod of his own. He also does Living the Stream, too. But J.J. also, I thought, d- was great on your pod. You guys let him talk. You let him get his takes out. A lot of, lot of sort of questions, but really let him roll for a little bit. So it was actually a really good, if you're into J.J. Zacharison, it was a really good J.J. pod. I thought you guys really sat back and let him do his thing, and it was a really yeah. cool job. Great job, by the way.
1: Thank you. That's what we talked about right when we, uh, right when we got done. And you know, for me, that's tough because for me, that <laughs> <Yeah>. means turning <laughs> off my microphone. And, but, but when you get somebody that's that good on, uh, you're more than happy to, um, let for roll. once in your life, shut the hell up and let him go. Because, yep. you know, we, he talked about his process. And, and the reason why I brought him up is because, you know, I, I was talking about Michael Carter. You have to have something that's like a teammate score. And if there's nobody else that's going to the NFL and is that good, you know, in your position, then then the teammate score is, is zero and it doesn't matter. But if you're Andre, you know, uh, Antonio Gibson, you know, and 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 Kenny Gainwell is a, is a good reason why he didn't get a lot of touches. And Javante, if Michael Carter wasn't there, we would be talking about him because he would have gotten a lot more of the pie. But it made sense for them to split it because Michael Carter's almost as good to me. Michael Carter can do everything. He just doesn't flash as like elite at anything, but he's very good at everything. So he could succeed at the next level too. Like he's going to be down a tier. And in that next tier for me, Michael Carter and Kenny Gainwell. And you know, if you want to show throw, Chuba or Trey Sermon or any of your other favorite guys in that tier, there's going to be another next year. and a couple of those guys are going to succeed too. That's right. It's just, I think that top tier of the top three are going to be more better sure things of hitting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And there's there's no sure things, but I think there's a few that are pretty close to them in this draft. Like, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Pitts. And right. to and to me, Jamar Chase and uh, Najee, and Javante. I mean, those guys are all... I'm with you. ...pretty good chances of hitting on these guys. Um, pretty damn good prospects. Um, Pitts might be the best prospect we've seen at the position ever. Maybe. Yeah, it's um, possible. I mean,
0: I I actually have the exact same group of... I don't call anybody can't miss. Uh, you know, nobody's can't miss. No. But that that sort of if I just had to bet they'd be good in the NFL, like I think early on in the process, uh, I had Mark Mathick on and I asked the question, is there any doubt in your mind that Trevor Lawrence will be an above average quarterback in the NFL? And of course people be like, well, of course he will. But no, not of course. I mean, because every prospect has bust potential. And I was just sort of trying to gauge how sure we are of him as just like a, a he's going to be just Good, like at least good, and 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 I think that's where I am with with my sort of can't misses, if you want to call them that, is Javante is in there above Travis Etienne. You know, it's like not not above Travis Etienne for ceiling because Etienne has about as high a ceiling as can be because he's got speed that you just you can cook it up in a lab, and that dude is that kind of fast, like 99 speed in Madden. You know, he's just fucking fast. So that's a that's an elite trait that can translate, especially if he's playing for a team like, I don't know, if he got with San Francisco or something like that, or even Arizona where he could play in space. I mean, could you imagine ETN and Arizona, Arizona would be so much fun, dude. Right? So like landing spot dependent a little tiny bit, but he's still not as sure a thing. Like he has higher bust potential than Javante in my sort of eyes. You know, they're both very close because they're in that top tier. But you're right, Javante, Najee, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Trevor Lawrence, those are kind of the man, I feel pretty good about saying they're going to be good in the NFL.
1: Is there another wide receiver that you get those feels on?
0: Not really actually. Um, you know, because, you know, my 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 WR2 through my WR whatever is kind of a tier and I've 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 been having a hard time going back and forth. I compare this guy to that guy. I mean, maybe Rashad Bateman's the closest to that, but look, I, he's just not in that category. Rondale Moore is great, but there's just there's a red flag on almost every player. You know, if you look at the anatomy series, um, Bateman and Terrace Marshall score very highly. But look at Bateman. You know, I always fear like he's maybe a little bit closer. I'm not saying he's this player, but a little bit closer to Kelvin Harmon than I would like him to be. Meaning he's just good, but not great. I'm not sure that's true. I'm, I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying. That's the fear. Obviously, until we see him run, we don't know if he, look, if he's a 4-6-2 player and he's a little bit too much of an outside banger, you know, that scares me a little bit. Some of those guys just kind of become nothing in the NFL. You know, I mean, if you're going to be an outside, outside player, you really want to see him have the speed uh, and athleticism like a Denzel Mims, who still hasn't fired, by the way. But, you know, that type of player, as opposed to, you know, uh, uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? It, it, and look, I don't know no, where they're right. going to be drafted. I'm a little nervous about some of these guys. Right. Yeah,
1: sure. And what if he's Mike Williams without all the touchdowns?
0: Yeah, there you go. That, look like that. No, that's and that's a good player, but like.
1: Not <sighs> awesome for fantasy. I mean, I'm not fading him. <laughs> me neither. But to me, he starts my third tier right now because I've got Chasen alone and then uh, Rondale and Devonta Smith. And those are two guys that have size concerns, right? Yes. Tons of BMI concerns with Ron, with uh, Devontae. And, and I hope to God he does put on 10 pounds. Um, I would think that if he has trusted advisors around him, I, I mean, I would be shoving food in this dude's face and pro- <laughs> protein shakes. <laughs> yeah, You know what I mean? Um, and whatever to build muscle mass, whatever to build the weight on. Um, and then Rondale, I, I don't care that he's small-ish. He's a pit bull. Yes, that dude's a freaking pit bull. And those two guys, I would put in my. You know what? I'd be pretty confident betting that they're going to be good.
0: I'm with you. I'm really? with you. I'm with you. Really? Uh, and and they're all in that second tier for me. You know, you can go from. I, I'm into Tylen Wallace, Terrace Marshall. Uh, you know, um, Rondell Moore, Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, um, you know all those guys. Rashad Bateman, Devonte Smith. That's kind of a big tier. And I'm sure that at some point I will move one guy ahead of the other, but I'd like to see a little athletic testing. I'd like to see some actual measurements. Um, You know, just sort of, I'd like to know what we've got here. And and so I can parse through them. Uh, They're all awesome college football players. Like that goes without saying, of course. And so they all project well going forward. Um, But you can hear, you know, you can hear two different film watchers, and film analysts sort of disagree on Rondell Moore. You can hear him disagree on Terrace Marshall. You can hear him disagree on Devontae Smith, product of the system. I don't know if I'm buying any of it, but the fact of the matter is, is I think they're all really good, you know, uh NFL prospects, but I'd like to have a little bit more information. You know, even landing spot might might be something that like, you know, starts to split differences with these guys. And so I am I am keenly aware of all of them, and I think they're all. Very, very close to that that sort of top tier on a on a normal uh, draft year, and it gets pretty deep. I mean, you know, I I, I tend to think that Amon Ross, Saint Brown, and Elijah Moore are pretty interesting. Elijah Moore is sort of a slot only, but you know, there's a lot of three wide receiver sets. He, if he goes to a spot where he can play slot a lot, slot a lot, uh, then he's going to be you know someone that can that can uh, uh, receive copious targets and and become a, a you know. Maybe a Deontay Johnson type player, you know? So I think there's sort of a pathway to success for a lot of these guys. And, uh, you know, that's what we've just got to figure out. But I think what it does tell me is that if I'm in, if I'm, you know, sitting around a a conventional draft at the 108 or something, I'm probably going to trade out of that pick and move back into the early second and try and pick up some equity. Uh, You know, in other words, once Pitts and Chase. The running backs are gone. That's you know that's five picks. You know, so somewhere think in that about
1: it though, Jax, there's going to be a lot of leagues where 108 is Javante Williams, dude.
0: Well, in Superflex, for yeah, sure.
1: That's mostly what we play in.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I, yeah, absolutely. Look, once I guess what I'm saying is, look, Superflex is a whole different animal because now you got five quarterbacks. So you have those, you know, Chase the three running backs and Pitts. That's five, and you got the five quarterbacks look the 111 it, right i mean it's like the 110 right. 111 you're still getting either one of those quarterbacks or one of those five dope players we just met. i mean it's just no, really and you're right
1: and the second round's going to be great too i mean that's why we right. were saying a long time ago like trade for second rounders in this class and yes. if you could trade 2022s at all for pieces of 2021 get rid of all of them
0: yeah i mean i that's sort of the 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 idea every time you know it's funny because you can, you know, you think about trading. Oh, I'll trade my first round pick. I'll get a, what can I get for my first round pick? Well, a lot of times, and my brother said this, I, you know, word to my brother. Uh, he'll say, look, I'll just pick the fucking guy, and then I'll trade him for more than I would have gotten for the pick anyway. And it's like, that's pretty fucking smart. And it's true, you know, because, like, you pick the player, all of a sudden, you know, uh, J.K. Dobbins or or Swift is now worth more than that pick was worth last year. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, now if you miss, obviously, but you know, he's pretty confident in his player eval. So,
1: no, it's um, it's spot on. I tell people all the time that the pick's worth nothing until you do something with it, until you either trade it for a player or pick a player. And that's why when people ask me about trading and, and they throw a trade into my DM and it has 2022 first, I'm like, why are you trading for 2022 first right now?
0: Right. I mean unless you're oh, unless you're getting for value, life,
1: right? do you know LFC for life from across the pond? Um I, I've been with him since he started fantasy football like day one, because he's a he's a he's a soccer guy. You know, those guys all do their soccer stuff. Somebody tried to uh trade him golf and Allen Robinson and a 2022 first for Patrick Mahomes and a superflex.
0: No, No.
1: And and get this. This guy has like the 103, 104, 105, 108, 111 this year.
0: Yeah, get the fuck out of I
1: here. I was like, dude, this guy's fucking with you. You need to be getting two of those top five 2021 firsts and Allen Robinson and Jared Goff <laughs> right. and throw some other shit in there because it's Patrick Mahomes, you know? Yeah. Um, And he was like, oh, thanks, Paul. I didn't think about that. I'm like, why are you trading for 2022? Especially since he has 2021 capital. Right. So right now in your trades, throw those 2022s in there to increase the value of your uh, position, especially if you can move up or get more pieces of 2021, because I'm telling you, 2022 is it's, it's not going to be fun. We're, we've gotten spoiled and I've tried yes. to accumulate picks in last year's and this year's class, but I've been ever since 2022 became available, I've been trading those away because it's not going to be fun.
0: Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, you know, we can try and predict draft classes and we do it pretty well as we did with the 2020 class and um but ultimately, you know, uh I think it's kind of a dynasty game theory 101 and you you'll agree with this cuz it's kind of obvious and I'm preaching to the choir with like literally 90% of my listeners right now, but you know, I am not trading away 2021 picks right now. Not not yet. No. If I am going to trade them away, I'm going to wait till as close to I'm on the clock as possible because people aren't excited about the 111 yet. But when they're on the clock and Rondell Moore is there or Devontae Smith is there, they'll fucking overpay for that motherfucker. So, But not now because they don't know if their guy, quote-unquote, is going to be there. So 111 is just a figment of their imagination. And they are appreciating in value right now uh, 21 picks. But they're not at their peak. So why sell them? I'm trying to buy them, as a matter of fact. I mean, especially 21 seconds. I'm still sort of putting out deals where I can, you know, get rid of a a player, but get a pick because I know those picks between now and, you know, May, June, whenever your rookie draft is, uh, they're going to be worth more then than now. Even though they're worth more now, like a 21 pick is worth more today than it was, you know, in November, right. They're, they're going up in value. That's just what happens every year. Absolutely
1: right. We're playing the stock market every year. And you got to know, you got to know when to, when to buy and when to sell. I mean, that's so important. Yeah. I mean, Um, in, in 2020, everything exists in, in every realm because I'm buying and selling and holding everything all at once, depending on the team and, and my situation and, and, and the price. I mean, I could literally trade away DeAndre Swift and trade for him in the same day in a different league. It's yes. because, uh, you know, he's a commodity, you know? um yes. But um, you're absolutely right. You shouldn't be trading away picks right now. You might as well just wait until draft day. Um that's as
0: close to as possible, right. As close to on the clock as possible. And
1: that's when you can milk it. That's when you can go in the chat and say, I just got a pretty good offer, but you know, I'm, I'm not blown away. So, you know, come on guys. And, and you'll get what you want. And if yes. you don't, then take, you know, take your pick. And like you said, they'll probably go up even more after you pick that player.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and mean, a lot of times, especially if clock- you know, you
1: have the truthers, you know, and, and yes. you get to know your league and, Follow them on Twitter and follow what they say about players. You you get to I mean that's where we're all at a disadvantage in our leagues with each other because big time we all know who we are real you know truthers are. I mean you guys know that I'm going to overpay for Kyle Pitts right now. You can take advantage of that. You know <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it's a, it's a,
0: it's a serious disadvantage because you know this podcast is now 26 uh, episodes old and yeah I had Twitter. But I could kind of hide some of my takes on Twitter, you know. I could even put up some false flags and like, you know, do some weird shit. But on the podcast, I'm really not going to say like, I, you know, I love, you know, Cadaver the Tony, and then, you know, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to say it. You know, he's dead. Throw him off the fucking bridge with Gizecki. He's done. But my point is, is so now is is, I've got, is, is Tony I've
1: got, is Tony in Gizecki realm for you right now? Actually, he's much. below
0: that. He's below that. Look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I tweeted today. I don't, I'm sure you saw it, dude. It was hysterical. Someone alerted me to the fact that Charlie Casserly, and yes, Charlie Casserly, I'm coming after your ass, Charlie Casserly. 78 years old, former general manager of the Washington Redskins, won a Super Bowl with them as the general manager, went 14 and two, the Mark Rippon years. Uh, I don't remember what year that was, like 84 or something. 84, like that. 82. Yeah, something like that. So he won, you know, as a general manager, he takes over this 10 win team. They win 10, 10 games, 10 games, 14 games, win the Super Bowl. He has had more seasons under six wins than he has over 10 wins. One season over 10 wins, uh, five seasons under six wins. Charlie Casserly, loser GM in terms of the realm of GMs. And then he comes out with his mock draft for NFL.com and God bless him. He has Justin Fields falling to pick 24 to the Pittsburgh Steelers and admits it's possible that Justin Fields might go sooner than that. You think Charlie, you you think it's possible that Justin Fields goes before fucking pick 24. Honestly, if Justin Fields goes pick 24 or later,
1: I I'll mean, log you know, off. I'll let Charlie Casserly uh, run my Twitter account. He can yeah. run Polly Sleepers. I'll log off. I'll, I'll I'll log off for good.
0: Right. I will make my fucking profile picture Charlie Casserly's mug for a week. I will. If if wow. he yeah no. I mean come on, it's not happening. So he has that, and then he has as the wr four in the draft. Kadarius Tony going twenty to the Bears, and and then I've heard a lot of people say that. That he's been mocked to the Bears at 20 more than once. So this is like a thing. This is like a thing. Oh, Kadarius I saw that. Did
1: he Tony? say did he say that Tony is better wow. than Justin Jefferson?
0: You heard it here first. He said that Kadarius Tony at this time is a better prospect than Justin Jefferson ever was. Has he lost his fucking mind?
1: Wow. Jeers to uh, NF was it NFL.com?
0: Yeah, they're on top even- of it
1: for even inviting him into their space I mean I Jesus. mean
0: unbelievable I read that look it's one thing to say I've heard Kadarius Tony is catching some vibes and he he could go as early as pick 20 of the Bears I'm like shit that's possible I think that's fair but when it's your opinion part of it where you say and Kadarius Tony is a better prospect than Justin Jefferson ever was
1: you have right. bumped
0: your head. Son. I can't imagine you how head. you
1: would type that and then look at it and decide to send it.
0: Submit. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to fucking say that out loud and unbelievable. So of course I, I posted that today cause I'm an asshole and uh, you know, Charlie Casserly, if you're listening, I'm still kind of jealous that you got to run a team and won a Super Bowl and that's all awesome. So, congratulations, he but
1: the, he does have the Super Bowl ring. So, he holds yeah.
0: over me in that way. But as a fan, I have fucking six Super Bowl rings. So, eat that. And I was a uh, partial season ticket holder for the first one. So, eat shit and die. All right? I was there, man. I I cheered Tom Brady on. We I was a big part of as big a part of it as Charlie Cashley was. Let me just tell you that. Much. Anyway, uh, no, he's, he's fucking, he's, he's, he's a legend. He's getting old. He's got Alzheimer's. I'm sure he just fucking got confused with Kadarius, Tony and Rondell Moore. I thought he was talking about Rondell Moore. That's all poor son of a bitch. What do you think, Paulie? You, <laughs> you think it's possible? He just, I think we've talked about Charlie Casserly enough. I'll tell you that. I'm just trying to get some fucking, uh, what is it? Um, you know, YouTube likes or whatever they call it. What do the kids call it? You know, some, uh, likes, likes. Yeah. That's it. That's what I'm trying to do. The old likes. kids getting likes. Well anyway, I did talk about Charlie Cashley enough, but Kadarius Tony at his price is going to be too rich, right? So in other words, WR4, there's going to be some guys who read that nfl.com thing, and think, shit, this fucking Kadarius Tony better than Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson best rookie season of all time. That means Kadarius Tony by proxy is better than Randy Moss. I'm He's picking Randy him. Moss. He's Randy Moss, right? Picking him early, going to lock him up. Small school guy. I'm the fucking sleeper. Poly sleepers didn't say it, but you know, no name sleepers at home believes in Kadarius Tony, so he's gonna go early in your league, and that's why he's thrown off the. Honestly, I comped him to Lin Bowden. You know, I love Lin Bowden. I love him. He was like one of my one of my crushes. So if Kadarius Tony was getting the same type of love that Lin Bowden was getting, I would be into him early. Third, you're getting him in the fourth round. Yeah, third, fourth round pick. My God, push the button. You know, if there, if he's going to be drafted maybe into day two, maybe third, fourth round in a real draft, I'm into Kadarius Tony. If I have to spend a premium pick and it just, it, you know, is he better than Percy Harvin? Like, do you know what I mean?
1: Like, no, that's he's not going to go wide receiver four in the real draft either. He's going to go like wide receiver 12.
0: It, you mean in the NFL draft?
1: Yeah. Bro,
0: I am hearing left and motherfucking right, Todd McShay, uh, Charlie Cashley, all these guys are saying he's going in the first round. It's possible he gets taken before Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore, Devontae, uh, not Devontae Smith, Rondell Moore, all these guys.
1: Wow. Real talk, bro. Real talk. Wow.
0: Wow. Right. I mean, it's like, I don't understand it, you know? I I don't I just don't get it. It's kind of like the rugs thing. Maybe they're just better real football players than they are fantasy football players, but I don't see a path to Kadarius Tony being a target monster in the NFL. 0. 0.0 chance. Like almost zero. Talk me off the ledge.
1: I can't. I can't. I mean, I he's a guy I need to watch some more, but you know, he was definitely like a tier 3 guy for me on my, you know, first run through. Um Yeah. He's he's electric
0: with the ball in his hand. They used him at, all over the place. He had rushing attempts and all this stuff. He's a super exciting prospect when you look at him in that in that from that lens. Right, but, but you're you right. Start- Like
1: is he is he Tavon Austin, Percy Harvin, or is he somebody we want on our fantasy team? <laughs>
0: right, um, right, I, I, yeah.
1: It's it's all going to depend on price. I mean, it sounds like he's being driven up by a lot of high names, so. Um, for sure. I'm, pro- I'm probably going to have to be out on him too, but
0: right on. Yep. That's why uh Detroit beastie uh, affectionately named him cadaver. The Tony, which fucking is yeah, sticking for me. Cadaver. Yeah, that's, the Tony
1: that's sticking big time, <laughs> especially since you've already killed him.
0: Yes, he's dead. Um, and, and guys figuratively, I know we're real sensitive this day and age. I'm not actually, uh, uh, you know, pining for, uh, for Murder? Mr. Tony's death. No, no, not okay. really fantasy right. death. Like, dynasty fantasy proxy on proxy on proxy not real all right we we clear i just want to make that clear you know this is going out to tens of people on the internet you know that are going to see this and i don't want it to get the wrong idea
1: dozens and dozens
0: (laughs) dozens and dozens
1: hey we're moving up
0: you know and i want to say thank you so much to the new new listeners hopefully you know this unscripted pod you know we're going to release this on unscripted because this is this is uh this is good stuff but uh, I just want to say thank you to all the new listeners and uh Paul you're outstanding you know one of the guys that you and I had a, a a little bit of a difference of opinion and then we got some uh big names sort of you know chatting us up on Twitter about him was was Terrace Marshall I know that you know when I was kind of uh, uh starting the process last year um, I remember Ray Garvin and I uh, communicating on Twitter a little bit, and he was like Terrace Marshall's a, a dog, and I was like, that was pretty interesting because of course you had Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and and he was sort of you know pumping up this Terrace Marshall kid, and that's when I became aware of him and I started to just sort of keep my eye on him, figuring he might be a a, a top wide receiver in this draft, and of course COVID and the whole weird thing he uh, he didn't play the whole season like just all sorts of nonsense but um he's got the pedigree he's got the size he's got the speed uh he's got the production especially when you factor in the production behind jamar chase and justin jefferson who are basically the two most dope wide receivers to come out of the last two drafts basically uh so yeah terrace marshall i know that you were sort of like hey wait a minute maybe i'm missing the boat I know you didn't really dive in yet, but just a, just a little bit. What what are your thoughts now that you've kind of been awoken?
1: Well, um, uh, I decided right away that I, I was too low on him, but I I still think that I'm going to be lower than consensus. If you guys are you know in the wide receiver six five six territory, I'm out. Um, for right now, he's you know probably right there in the in the ten range. Um, he, you know, I want to see more about analytics on a guy like this because, the, um, the film, I can't, I can't get a, I mean, I can't get a definitive read yet. If I want, when I watch Rondale and Devante and Jamar, I get, I get a really good feel and I get a, get a good, good read for them being able to take their game to the next level and for being special. Um, I think he's a very good football player. Um, I, not calling for a bust. For me, it's price. You know, for me, it's, it's basically, you know, somewhat of the argument you just made on Tony. I, I think people are too high on him. I think he's um, I want to see a good landing spot and I want to see more analytics. Peter Howard doesn't have him crossing his thresholds at all. So, you know, I'm not an analytics guy, but you know, I've been getting more into it and I want confirmation of analytics on my players. And I, I've gotten that on so far on everybody that I'm, that I'm big on basically where I'm at on my process is I know who I really like. And I know who um, I don't like as much as some other people. And he follows, he falls into that category right now. So people ask me why I was so low on Waddle. Cause I have him like six and it's just because I really like the guys ahead of him. I'm right. I, I, I like Jalen Waddle a lot and I think he has a big, potential to exceed at the next level but I also think that he's more Henry Ruggs possibly than I want him to be meaning just that deep threat that if he doesn't get the opportunities and doesn't get everything we want him to get that like you said he's going to be better for regular football than he is for fantasy and not bringing that consistent fantasy game so that's where I'm at in my process and um and when when Peter shared that video with me today and, and go onto his YouTube channel. I, I subscribed. Um, he did a really good, like 35 minute breakdown on Marshall and he did not fit his thresholds at all. And so after I'm not as high on him and everybody on Twitter said, this is the guy you're too low on. So I took that, I mean, you know, I don't want to formulate my rankings on the consensus crowd there'd be be no reason you know for me to do it if I just kind of said oh what do you think oh I'm too low on (laughs) this guy let me just but when when 55 people comment that you're too low on Terrace Marshall I need to take no and there and there a lot of them are people that do this you know like you and I do a lot you know um not Casuals, but you know, so I went back and watched him for like three hours, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, I had him at like wide receiver 15. It, it was, it, it was egregious. It,
0: it was more oversight than it was anything. It, it's not like you put was, him there it, and said, "Fuck this guy." You were just right, like, no, I think I explained it to you.
1: When you have that second yes. and third third tier, sometimes I have a guy that I go, okay, I'm too low on this guy. But every time you do that, you might be moving someone down that doesn't deserve it. It's tough because and, and we need to look at it like this in, in real fantasy too, you know sometimes that you know tier two to tier three there's not very much separating the top and bottom of that tier and I you know so we're picking we're picking hairs a lot of times, but Marshall doesn't need to be fifteen. I've got him like wide receiver 10 right now because I did like um more of him when I watched uh more of his <coughs> tape yesterday but um. You know, your, have you done your anatomy, you know, thresholds on him or do you need more testing? No. Uh, look, you need the pro day, you know, testing. No,
0: not really. I mean, look, two things are not there. Look, first of all, there's not a lot that you're going to find out about your wide receivers at the combine. Okay. Because no, no, I get that. You know, wide receivers are not speed. They don't need speed. Um, You know, there's a little bit of a threshold for wide receivers, but basically all the guys that we're sort of, you know, picking in the top 10 wide receivers are all going to be well within those thresholds. They're not going to be... Now, here's what I use for, you know, the the combine for, right? It's like, you know, even Jalen Rager was a little bit of a red flag last year. Why? Well, he wasn't slow. He ran like a 4.45 or a 4.48, but... He was supposed to – I don't remember what it was exactly, but he was supposed to be like, oh, is he going to be faster than Henry Ruggs? No, probably not, but really close, and he's fast, and then he wasn't that fast. It's like, well, wait a minute. I thought he was fast, (laughs) right? So like when you you say something about a guy like, oh, no, you know, Tamori and Terry, right? Everything about Tamori and Terry is like, dude, this guy was clocked at 23 miles an hour by, you know, whatever it is – you know, the, the eye in the sky thing, uh, you know, uh, and so he's fast. Well, if he goes out and runs a four-five four, that's fine for a six foot four guy who plays outside at the NFL. That's fine. But it's not okay for Tamori and Terry because you told me he was the fastest fucking guy on the planet. What happened to that? Right? So it's kind of like don't they, they always say don't count it twice, right? So, you know, we think uh Jalen Waddle's really fast and he's maybe as fast as you know, so if he runs a four three one, we're gonna go, Well, let's move him up the ranks. Look, the reason he's up in the ranks is because he's fast. We already know he's fast. Now, if all of a sudden Seth Williams runs a four three one, you're like, Oh, well, let's move his ass up or you know, or at least you're putting context it, yeah. to the film, right? Right. So right. so I'm not well, too worried about
1: combine this year. So how is that bingo. going to affect um I, i'm sure you saw the tweet and i wish i could give the guy credit but one of the verified accounts um did the difference between you know pro day and 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 combine because we have a big sample size of, yes and every year their pro day is better and we know that we see it all the time and we're like oh yeah surprise surprise now he runs the four two one that all <laughs> right you know, yeah, right <laughs> uh that we heard that you know he could you know and, and, and but in the combine it was a four three eight and it's like whoa wait a minute but there is that big of a gap like on every single metric. So do we rely more on film this year? Yes, or- you,
0: you have to. Um, you also have to discount basically everything uh, that you get at a pro day. Right. So, you know, uh, most people will say you add uh five tenths of a second, you know, just basically that, that sort of, you know, if it's a four, four, five, it's now a four five flat. So, you know, you, you add that, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you just sort of add a little bit. You don't want to get overwhelmed by being like wowed by someone's 40 time. Regardless, especially at the wide receiver position, it's proven to be fool's gold. You know, the the, the fastest, Darius Hayward Bay, Henry Ruggs, none of these guys, it, it, it's helpful. Yes, it's better to be fast than to be slow. Um, right? You know, your your wide receivers better, but it's not the most important thing. So it's really not a huge deal. The draft capital is important as I do want to see where these guys get drafted. If you remember this time in the process, uh, a couple of years ago, we were this high or at least somewhere like this, you know, with, with Kelvin Harmon. Uh, he was a, a Debbie star for many years and he came out and then he was, what a sixth round pick. He did, right? I mean, right. you gotta just, you gotta move him way the fuck down. Now, if all of a sudden Terrace Marshall goes in the fifth round, it's like, we did this with Equinemius St. Brown who looked right. like a, a real player, move his ass down. So if Terrace Marshall suffers the f- same fate, then we have to take note of that. And if uh, if Terrace Marshall – I was going to ask you this question. If Terrace Marshall gets drafted in the first round, late first round to the Green Bay Packers, you're going to move him up a little? Yeah. Yeah, right? So it's like, ah yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, let's and, see <laughs> and
1: so I brought up like there's no combine, so we need to watch more film. You brought up draft capital – those are the things we need to really concentrate on. And I told you know, I, it was you or Tommy the other day that said in our chat, I'd like to know more about your process, Paulie. And, and I was saying like, as far as analytics, like you know, breakout age and draft capital really like weight very heavily for me. And um, JJ was saying on our pod the other day that if you just drafted according to the NFL draft. In you're your better than most draft, processes. You're yeah. probably going to be better than average. Yes, and it, it sounds really pedestrian, but going by that is going to be huge. So yes. yeah, if 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 Tony and and Marshall get those good spots and get you know day one or day two picks, then I, I'm going to be all over it. But you've got guys that you know, like Sage Sharat is a guy I'm not as big on either, and you know if. People try keep trying to convince me that I'm wrong, and if he goes in the sixth round, then like everybody just needs to stop talking. But if Sage Turak goes in the third round, <laughs> right, to the Dolphins, you know, and they've already got to pay
0: attention, yeah, and they've you already drafted
1: attention. Justin Fields, and you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah, let's go. So you know, guys like Randall Terminator in our group are are right when they say, you know, draft the, the talent, not the yes. situation. But you can't completely discount landing spot ever, 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 in my mind.
0: That's right. No, no, no not, not, not entirely. I mean, you don't want to take situation over talent, but you do want to split the difference with situation. You want to weight it.
1: It shouldn't yeah, you... have made Clyde Edwards Hilaire the number one overall. Correct. And it's funny because the first article I wrote for Undroppables was about breakouts. Uh, and sleepers like um, November of nineteen, and at that time, believe it or not, Clyde Edwards Hilaire was in in like the bigger sites rankings. You know, like RB eight to RB thirteen in his class. Yes. I swear.
0: Yes, so that's right.
1: I had him as a sleeper. Yes. Because I, I couldn't find any major publication that had him b- above RB eight, and I was like, well, this guy's better than that.
0: Yes. That's right.
1: <laughs> but then when he got drafted by the Chiefs, everybody went completely crazy. And we all pumped the brakes and said, Whoa, whoa wait. You're like, there's some really good backs in this class. And Cam Akers <laughs> and Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift are really damn good. So let the guys take Clyde Edwards Hilaire and get those guys after that. So bingo, bango, right? We hit. So how do we do that again? Right. We- and it-
0: it's being it's being calculated and understanding. Yeah, go ahead. I'll, we I'll make finish. sure
1: that we don't completely you know go bonkers for anybody. But like, damn, if Javante Williams goes to Houston after they cut David Johnson, then I'm he's going up for me, and I'm not drafting him 101 because it's a Clyde edwards solaire situation. I mean, I truly thought he was like the RB four or RB five. Right, he should have moved up a little bit, but he shouldn't have moved up to one hundred and one. Well, so- all models,
0: all models, and all processes are just trying to improve upon the predictability of draft cap, and, and JJ said that, and, and he's one hundred percent right. Like, if if your model isn't better as a pure model than just draft capital alone, then your model's broken. It should right. be taking draft capital into consideration and trying to improve upon draft cap. If you're at all better than draft capital, you've got a good model, like, you know, whatever I, you know, model is kind of, I put that in parentheses for someone and fried their brains, but you know, a uh, nice model, dude. But, um, uh, but, but, at the end of the day, I did brother. But at the end of the day, how
1: many people that, how many people that talk about their model don't even really have one. Come on. That's my
0: point. Everybody's like, well, my model said that CH was, you know, it's like, get the fuck out of here. You don't have no model. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. My model, you know, I I don't have a model, which is, you know, except my wife. Um, so anyway, listen, (sighs) it's a good joke. Paul, you're not there. Come on, baby. Hey, so, 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 the the idea would be if you can improve upon draft cap well we're going to try and improve upon draft cap um, but we have to know what it is first so that's one thing that's that's not in the um, in the anatomy series yet that is very important because without it you basically are missing a huge piece of information that's a that's a that's a big you know plus or minus but as i look at it if if i take there's there's basically three players and, and and three players who hit every box, so to speak, on on uh, on the anatomy series, and it's it's Rashad Bateman, Jamar Chase, and Amon Ross St. Brown. That doesn't mean that those are my top three players. It just means that they're sort of because there's context. Not every player that I use as the top twelve or twenty four to 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 create the anatomy series, not all those guys hit it either it's not the point. It's sort of to, to see identification. If, if a guy misses five of, you know, five out of five, bro, probably not the dude. You know what I mean? It's like, if we just, so I'll, I'll give you an example. One of the things that we look at is early declares, right? And early declares just generally means that you're coming out early. Why? Because you're great. That's why, right? You know, it's not like you come out early because you suck i th- i might get drafted. I'm coming out early. No, I might get drafted in the top two rounds. I'm fucking coming out early, baby. I'm great. So there's always some exceptions to that, but let me just kind of give you some of the early declares. So one of them that I'm a little bit dubious of is, uh, the, the, the speed kid from, uh, from Auburn, uh, Anthony Schwartz, I don't know. I mean, he's a real fast kid. He's, he's supposedly. Did you hear about this kid, Paul? He's supposed to run like a four-two, no. like a legitimate four-two something. Like he's a he's a track star.
1: Chris Johnson, Chris Johnson, fast.
0: Yeah, like a wide. He's a wide receiver, but he hits none of the thresholds. Otherwise, he's probably not getting day one or two. Uh, day one or two draft capital. He's gonna blaze, and he's an early declare. But that's it. So, just because he's an early declare doesn't mean he's, he, you know, he's good or whatever. It just sort of is one of the things that we look at. It doesn't mean that that, that, that guy's good. Uh, Jalen Waddle early declare. Uh, he's, he's probably pretty good. Um, Diami Brown, Elijah Moore. Now there's two guys here. Austin Watkins, who I heard some pretty bad things about, uh, you know, what's going on between the head, uh, between the ears with this guy at the senior bowl, uh, tutu Atwell, who's also a, an absolute blazer, but he's, you know, he's smaller than, than, uh, never mind. Uh, he's small. I'm not going to make any bad jokes about you, Paul, but he's small. Uh, you know, and then that shy, what about the shy kid? Shy Smith. Yes. And, and shy is, uh, he's a senior, so he's not coming out early. Um,
1: he yeah. just came out of the blue for the senior bowl. I had never heard about him before that. That kind of scares me.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he has a late breakout age, almost twenty-one years old. Breakout. He was very good this past year, but you know, he's just a guy. I think you know, I I don't know that he's going to be anything special. But you well, know, I'm you glad to getting- hear that.
1: Am on Raw is is hitting on your on your deal. I'm <sighs> glad to hear that. That's somebody that I planted my flag on early, and uh, I'm going to have a lot of him on my team.
0: Yeah, he's going to be a second round pick, and I mean. You know, you look at the last year's second round picks, even the year before Debo Samuel, guys like that. Um, um, uh, Terry McLaurin, there's going to be guys that are, they're going to be, uh, values, uh, in, in the second and third round, chase Claypool, Gabriel Davis. Right. So we just try and figure those guys out and through the process, you know, draft capital isn't everything. Cause I remember Kenny Galladay and Chris Godwin in their draft. I was all over those two guys. Um, Got sniped my, by, by my brother uh, because he was smart too, uh, <clears throat> but but point of the matter is is that those guys are dope and they were drafted a little later. They were drafted behind Mike Williams and John Ross. Obviously, you know I was taking Godwin and Galladay ahead of those guys. Why? Because of this process of understanding that you know they're they're just better players. I mean, you just you just they just are. You know, and so we're going to be looking for that same type of thing here. And if Rashad Bateman somehow goes in the third round. I'm not going to be swayed. Uh, he's still a great player. It's kind of like Brian Edwards last year. I do still think that Brian Edwards is a buy. Um, you know, so it's all these types of things that you know, y- you know, you just can't be uh, draft capital only and 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 only look at those things. You got to kind of look at everything and, and go from there. But I think right. day day one or day two is is really where you need to stick to it. But anybody in that in that group, you can basically take over another. Same thing with T Higgins, right? We were right to think T Higgins was great. Um, you know, and he probably should have been drafted sooner than he was over guys like Jalen Rager. So Rager was, you know, first round cap. Uh, Higgins was second round cap, but we were right. I mean, you know, we were right. Not, not, I didn't tell you to take Higgins over Rager or not, but if you'd have done it, you'd have been right.
1: No, you're absolutely right. And the other thing you got to look at is the fifth round option for for the first round players. And yep. And that's, you know, that's why, you know, Clyde Edwards you know is definitely a buy for me <laughs> yes. it, you know is I want to make that clear you know since you know we talked a lot about our process of having JT first that doesn't mean that I'm out on Clyde Edwards Lair. I think that I'm going to be very much in on him because he didn't do what people wanted him to do and they're going to want the new shiny toy so you know it, it <laughs> If I can, you know, trade the 107 away and get Clyde Edwards Hilaire or, you know, I might be doing it in a lot of situations. Um, And and so those wide receivers that are on the cusp, you know, you might be surprised that one of them jumps into the first round uh, that we weren't thinking. But how many running backs are going to go in the first round? Maybe one. Maybe one. And we and you need to wait that accordingly as well, I think.
0: Yeah, I think the second round is the new first round for running backs. You know, it absolutely
1: uh, is. Just the position's been devalued, and and there's been a lot of influx of talent the last two years, and this year's another year. So you've got three straight years of some pretty solid talent, talent entering the NFL, and they're just uh, they're just throwaway commodities any, anymore in most situations. Um, you know, kudos to Cook and Kamara and those guys for locking their shit up because they deserve it, but. You know, a lot of the second tier guys don't they don't really get paid their worth, you know. Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be running backs.
0: <laughs> that's right. Absolutely not. You're better off. Yeah Javante
1: probably should have stayed at linebacker.
0: No, no shit. He could definitely lay
1: some he could he definitely lay some wood.
0: Maybe he'll play two ways, like Bronco Nagurski.
1: Um so Oh like, wow, that's huge. Like in IDP leagues, would you get the double dip? Oh shit,
0: that's a great idea. Woo. I mean two ways player. I mean That'll never happen again. That'll never right? happen
1: again. No,
0: that's too bad.
1: That'll I'd never happen again. Except for like day. when they put Mike Evans in the end zone for the hail Mary, you know, at cornerback or like, yeah, you know.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about like, you know, 10, <laughs> 10 plays or more on each side. Never going to happen.
1: Right, right, right.
0: All right. I got a good one. So this will be fun. The listeners will love it. Uh, I, I'm going on a pod uh, next week and it's going to be uh, me and Willzie, uh David Wills. It's his pod and Felix Sharp and Chalk. We actually did the pod and it, it it somehow corrupted and he lost the pod. I feel bad. We're going to do it again. Okay. But we did something really fun, Paulie. So I'm going to kind of just do it in a, in a little bit of a way that, that that's more fun for listeners. We did a draft and we did a draft of 2019, 2020. So the last two years plus 2021. And we just drafted running backs and wide receivers and it was kind of fun. It was interesting because you had to like make some tough decisions. So I won't make you draft or anything like that, but I'll ask you some of these decisions. And <clears throat> so and
1: this, is think, a, this is a, this or that,
0: this or that you ready? And it's easy for you. Just, even if you're wrong, you still can get an answer out. I mean, cause I'm going to get multiple choice. It's an easy quiz. You know what I mean? You don't have to show your work or nothing. All right. Bring it on, this, baby. Bring it on. It's easy. So, so, Okay, so I, I would assume that you have JT, you know, of, of 19, 20, 21, right? You know, JT's one. I mean, because he's, right? So here's here's where it gets interesting. After JT, you have to pick one of these three backs. You're on the clock. Akers, Swift, Dobbins.
1: I mean, it's really close between Acres and Swift for me really close
0: me, me too i'm it's close and yes
1: really close um i'm going to go with um i'm going to go with cam acres boom
0: so i i'm not going to step on it a little bit but let's just say i agree so oh how the lo- mighty I have i love f-
1: that kid i love that oh, kid oh me too
0: oh how the mighty have fallen and oh how uh all the people telling me that my jt acres at 1 and 2 were was, was bad process. And, and, and I was crazy. It should be CEH and this and that. Look, I told you, I told you acres and
1: now but you need to give it another year. I mean, let's see how it shakes it out, over. you know, at the end of, at the end of next year, but I'm, I'm, I can't I'm, wait. I'm liking that process right now.
0: I love it. Um, I just think cam makers is dope and that much, at least we kind of know. I, I, I just, I mean, look, injuries can happen all sorts of weird shit, but that dude is for real. I'm with you 100%. Love that kid. Um, so now we'll go to the other two. It sounds like you're Swift over Dobbins, right? Yeah. All right. So great. No problem. So now let's do this. J.K. Dobbins or Najee Harris?
1: Najee Harris.
0: Wow. I love that. I love that. Okay. So this is this is good.
1: And I still so, like it doesn't mean I don't like Dobbins. Of course. It, it's you kind do. of like Jalen Waddell. Um, there's just, just the guys that are a nudge ahead of, for me, it's the ceiling. And I think we've talked about this a lot and you disagree with me on Dobbin's ceiling. And, and yes, only time will tell.
0: No, no. I I think you're Uh right. So your analysis is spot on, right? So your analysis is that's a bit of a split backfield that doesn't target the running back out of the backfield. hundred percent. You're
1: that's. And, and Lamar Jackson is taking goal lines away from you.
0: Bingo. It's 100% correct. You can't deny that. Although the counter to that is they're the number one rushing offense in the league, and not just because of Lamar. Outside of Lamar, they have the most rushing yards at the running back position in the NFL. And they score a lot of touchdowns on the ground. Um, They did so last year. They did so the two years before. Every year with Lamar Jackson, they're scoring rushing touchdowns. So, you know, look, if I'm doing a mock draft for them, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. I'm taking a guard at some point in the first couple of rounds, right, to to shore up that interior offensive line and and go back to having a little bit of a dominant force up front. Uh, they get uh, what's the uh, what's the what's the kid uh, Stanley Ronnie Stanley, right? The left tackle back. Um, you know they they is that right? Am I right? That's right. I mean I know you're high. Don't worry don't about know. it. it I I, we'll assume I'm right if I'm wrong. You know I'm not an offensive line guy. Brad Wire. He'll hop on the on the internet and tell everybody why I'm stupid. Okay, so I'm with you, but I think I think Dobbins is there. Okay, so we'll take Dobbins out of it. Um, let's go, Miles Sanders or Antonio Gibson.
1: Man, to me that has a lot to do with things that both of those teams are going to be doing in the next couple of months. Right. I would really like to know the Washington quarterback situation
0: and the Philadelphia um, offensive line situation
1: and the Philadelphia offensive line situation and and are they going to get any weapons to, you know, at all, make, ever. make the, make the defense, uh, uh, honest. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm just, I'm too big on Gibson, man. I, I have to say Gibson there, but it is close for me, but I, I have to go with my boy Gibson. Uh, I was so high on him and, uh, the chips did fall right for him. Yeah. They you did. know And that's been people that have clapped back at me and said, well, you know, it's a good thing. Darius Geis, you know, got freaking arrested and banished, you know, for you. Yeah, that's true.
0: Sure. Um, whatever. But
1: to me, it just means that we saw, we saw what he could do sooner. I mean, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect that to happen. I just liked his prospect, you know, I mean, you gotta let these guys percolate sometimes, but with him, uh, he just got thrust into it and man, for just being, you talk about guys new to the position, you know, for being so raw at the position, uh, I, I love what we've seen so far. I think his ceiling is just massive. If yes. they get the right chemistry, the right quarterback, the right team around him, that guy could be really special. I'm worried about how the Eagles – I mean, people want to say that they don't committee, but they freaking committee, man. I mean, like people need to quit arguing that, oh, that's not – no, that's that's their DNA. You know, coaching, so- coaching
0: staff has gone there, but I, I remember, um, I remember when uh, you DM me or called me or texted me, or I remember what, but you contacted me about uh, Antonio Gibson as if I knew about like a speakeasy in, in downtown Indianapolis. You're like, hey man, can you tell me about this? This Gibson, and it was like this whole conversation where I was like, I hear you're high on this Gibson, I want to know more, and and I remember. You and I just fucking shot the shit about Antonio Gibson. I gave you all my uh, trade secrets, and you are like, "That's my new dude now. I'm in." I like I converted you. It was like I, uh, it was like I converted you to a new religion or something. Like you were just in, and and uh, you know, I think I think what I was highlighting were all the things that were his upside. You know, I acknowledged all the downside, right? Like that's that was baked into the cake with Antonio Gibson. But when you look at the upside, it was all pure upside. And we saw it in year one, which we didn't necessarily expect, but once we saw it, now we know.
1: Yeah, he's got it. Just an elite blend of speed and size and elusiveness. Just, um, that guy could be crazy good for sure. Um, I think could be, you know, up in the Clinton Pornis kind of, uh, stratosphere of, of, of Washington running backs that we remember, you know, and, 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 uh, your boy, uh, Riggins or Riggs or uh, who was your other guy down there that you liked a lot? I thought you Uh, said you were a season ticket holder.
0: You're uh, not for the Redskins, for the Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) John John Riggins? I mean, come on, Riggs, Riggs, Riggs and Murtaugh from Lethal Weapon.
1: Yeah, Riggs from yeah, yeah.
0: Murtaugh.
1: I'm getting too old (laughs) for this shit.
0: Let's just go watch Lethal Weapon. Forget this fucking podcast. Let's just let's just do Lethal Weapon. All right, so here's another good one. Either or, this or that multiple choice. You're going to love this one. Uh, there's going to be two ways with Javante Williams, Javante Williams or Josh Jacobs.
1: Um, well, just from the age, you know, age perspective right now, I mean, you've got, you know, Jacob's going into his year three. Um, so, um, you have to wait that in your dynasty rankings too. So, um, I would say Javante, um, Especially trying to get younger for Dynasty. Um but though, damn, huh? Jacobs. I mean, I I I was Jacobs over Sanders, you know, that was the big um the big debate a few years ago. And uh, I still like Jacobs quite a bit. Um so the pretty I mean you, these are tough, man. You're not giving me like grapefruit calls. They're they're hair trigger, just tiny separation calls. Um I yeah, would say if I'm real- trying to get younger. And 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 building more, then I would definitely go Javante. If I win now mode, I'm I'm happy with with Jacobs.
0: So so that would stand the reason. A lame answer, but no, but no, it's a good answer because now it's making me think too. Because if you asked me if uh, Josh Jacobs was worth more than a single first round pick, of course I would say yes. But when you say like, oh, um, I like Najee Harris and Javante Williams at least as much or more than Josh Jacobs is Josh Jacobs, a sell in dynasty, at least if you can get a, a solid 21 first plus.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, There you go. Yeah. You heard it. It was
1: Miles Sanders. And so is David Montgomery. And so is, you know, all those guys in that realm, you know, um, before you know it, these guys are past their prime. So, (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's it's better to sell early than 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 late um, yeah i think you can get a pretty good just, haul
0: for jacobs too right
1: unless you're just you know letting somebody die because you keep winning championships and you just let them die on your roster and you you don't at that point you've gotten your value if you can't trade julio for anything after getting another championship with him this year um then that's fine because say la vie. he got you another, got you another <laughs> yeah. trophy
0: people yes. are down
1: on Julio but I'll be buying him all over in my win now modes because you know as long as he doesn't get hurt which he got hurt and you know what happens um, Well he I, was
0: just traded in in our league um I'm not sure if you saw that uh Brad Wire and damn it I don't remember who he traded him uh to or from but he was involved I can't remember but it was two it was two it was a 21 second and a 22 second for Julio
1: Two seconds, not bad. Um, I mean, if they're not super early seconds, I'm keeping Julio, especially right? if I'm still in win now mode.
0: I, I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the second looked like. I'm not I'm not sure if that was the 16 team or the 12 team. Right? You know, I'm in too many. It just leagues.
1: really depends. It depends on where your dynasty team is at in its evolution. If you're yes. not absolutely win now, I'm fine selling him for two seconds. I right. I yeah. hope that they're too early seconds. Right, I I, yeah. I I definitely don't want the possibility of having two mid to late seconds. I'm keeping Julio. I don't give a shit. I'll wait. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think will wait until he
1: comes out and, and, and gets nine for 188 and two touchdowns. Well, okay, probably not the two touchdowns.
0: <laughs> Never Julio. Uh, um,
1: but yeah, no, it's it, it's it's not that Javante's worth more than uh, than Jacobs. It's the fact that you can get Javante plus uh, for Jacobs. And, and depending on where you're at in your evolution there, that might be a good move. Well, look sure. in, in,
0: in this particular fake draft with only three draft classes. And I took Javante Williams, one pick after Josh Jacobs and one pick before David Montgomery. And it was interesting. I don't know if I would have taken Javante over Jacobs, but I felt good about taking him over Monty. And it's just interesting. I actually took him over CEH cause that was really close. That was, Monty went one pick ahead of CH which I think is kind of a mistake but whatever. Um but at the end of the day it's like they're very close right there. So I think, you know, I think Jacob's is sort of that last of those sort of sure bets and then you so here's another one. Josh Jacobs or James Robinson. I'm sure you saw my James Robinson tweet today that got people all a fluff.
1: Yeah, that's a tough one because there there's the biggest unknown there is the the lack of draft capital and the lack of any ties to the new coaching staff going to hurt him and we talked about this uh, with jj too um i would think that cooler heads would prevail and urban meyer and company would realize who they have and say okay that position we're good now they need depth there though so, th- so that's what's going to throw people off people are going to say you know yeah it's still james robinson's ball game And then they're going to bring in like a guy like Jamal Williams or something. And people are going to go, Oh, see, I told you, well, they need depth. So they're going to draft somebody or they're going to bring in a free agent. Maybe not. I mean, the difference will be like, okay, yeah. If they bring in Eric Jones, then we know Javon, then we know James Robinson is (laughs) going down the drain quickly um, and losing a lot of touches. But um, that's a tough one for me. I, I, honestly don't know where to value him right now um it, it really depends on how free agency and 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 in the draft shake out like i said i i want to say that the coaching staff is going to realize that he's a damn i mean he's he's freaking good man like yeah, he's
0: i, I want to get my like, james robinson takeoff. i really do that because- reminds me
1: of fred taylor like a lot and like that's a dude that you could just give the ball to over and over and over again, and he will just play Wreck-It Ralph. He had a 96% opportunity share.
0: Right. Not happening again. He won't have so, that
1: again. So no, next it, year, if it's if it's 68, you know, um, you still have a good fantasy player, but you're not going to have what you had. So right. there's a good chance that he's, you know, it just depends on where he's valued if someone still values him like what we saw last year, the odds game theory stance would be it's unlikely to repeat.
0: Yeah. You got to sell at that price. Look, I, I think at, at a top 10 running back price, you have to sell him. And and that's not because I don't think, look, he has huge ceiling next year too, because if they don't add any major competition at, at running back, you know, they bring Dare back. They make a, a fifth or sixth round selection, Maybe they bring in some other sort right. of shitty free agent. Yeah. And you they know. get
1: way better and start scoring more points. And yeah, I mean, he could, you know, essentially have a higher ceiling. I don't think his red zone usage was to par with everything else. That's true. So I, think I mean, they weren't like, in the red
0: zone. They sucked, you know? Yeah. So, right. Exactly. So, so if they're more would... efficient with Trevor Lawrence, he's going to be, he has the chance to be quote unquote better. I don't think he has a chance to like, finished better than like RB three or whatever. But that last year was a little bit of a fucked up year. You can argue
1: that that James Robinson has more value than Josh Jacobs, because I mean, he's already proven that he's going to, he can get more of, of the opportunity. If that continues, that's, that's huge.
0: My only fear with James Robinson has been very straightforward. He's an undrafted free agent. He is on a team with new coaching staff and new front office. He's on a team that possesses immense, cap space he is on a team that possesses incredible draft capital which means they have an abundance of resources and when especially a new uh regime takes over a team you want them to be rational and like take you know interior defensive linemen to shore up the fucking front or do you expect them to be like we came out of this draft with Najee harrison uh you know and uh, Trevor Lawrence, we feel really good about that. You know it. You can see it in your in, – in, you, know, you can see it uh, happening. I'm not saying it should happen. I'm not saying if I ran the team, I would do this. I'm just saying you give someone a lot of money, they start it's buying frivolous shit,
1: yeah, right? Yeah.
0: People have yachts and stuff they don't even go on. Why? Because they have too much damn money. Jacksonville has too much resources and they are liable to accidentally spend that shit on some frivolous stuff like a – early second round running back and if they do that if they do that i don't care if james robinson's better than travis Etienne or jamar jefferson or whoever they take with that second round pick i'm not saying he's not better i'm saying it won't matter because he won't be the the lion's share of the carries he'll It just won't happen. And so he's fragile in that way. I'm not saying... So people all get all up in arms. Oh, he was good. He's great. Yeah, I know he's good. I'm not... Never said. I never said James Robinson is bad. Trade his ass. Never said it. You'll never hear me say it. Because that ain't true. What is true are the things I just said. All those things are true. And they're very possible. How possible? I don't know. I don't know. Somewhat more possible than from a lot of other teams who A, don't have the draft capital already have invested high draft capital in the player who you're thinking might get replaced. You know, Joe, like someone mentioned Joe Mixon. It's like Joe Mixon just signed a, an extension. Like they're not going to – it's not going to happen. They're not going to be like, well, we just paid this guy 15 million a year or 12, whatever the hell he's getting. Sit him down. It's not going to happen. So that that's the difference. I'm not saying that, you know, Joe Mixon is so much better than James Robinson. Maybe is, maybe isn't. I'm not even trying to talk about that. I'm just saying when you look at the situation – his situation is very fragile and can be shattered uh, very quickly, and and that's why in Dynasty, why wouldn't you just sell him if you can get the value for him? I mean, what are you in love with him? You're gonna marry James Robinson, marry his ass then. But that's not what that's not what wins in Dynasty. What wins in Dynasty is is making a transaction that's more secure. Um, you know, Mike Lou is actually one of the guys. I almost hit him with an iron bank. Uh, you know, reference because he was talking about, he loves James Robinson. I love James Robinson, but he was saying, oh, it ain't going to happen. I'm like, I just don't know if it's going to happen or if it isn't going to happen. But if it does happen, we're all going to be left holding a bag of shit wondering what happened. And I don't want to be that guy in Dynasty. Whether I'm rebuilding, especially if I'm rebuilding, but even if I'm competing, you can't get a good return for James Robinson, a 21 first where you can get a Javante Williams or something else. Plus, if you can get that, turn it around. You know, you can get maybe Joe Mixon plus, and I don't know. I don't love Joe Mixon, but you know what? He's just as likely to be as productive next year. And especially if you can get some profit on that, maybe a 21 second, you could easily get Mixon in a 21 second for James Robinson in many leagues right now. People are down and out on Joe Mixon. I'm, and, and I'm not specifically saying go trade for Joe Mixon. I'm just saying the types of things you could get. I just saw someone package uh, James Robinson plus to get Camara um, and the, and the James Robinson side won the trade. So you could easily package James Robinson plus to get a more stable asset. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's a bad idea at all. Thanks. Really.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you. Copied Especially like
1: there. what, what did you, what did you spend on him? Right. If you got, if, if, if you traded for him after he got hot and spent a bunch on him, then, then you're probably less likely to do that. But most of us that have him in the leagues that I had him in is when I finally woke up and realized what was happening. I mean, right. shout out to Evan Silva for saying that. You know, one of the first guys that say, were saying that the Jags were going to cut Fournette, and at the time, like the I was only guy of, too, the only guy. I, yeah, and I and I yeah. added him on Twitter and apologized because I actually did call him <laughs> out for for saying that that was not going to happen. It absolutely did happen, and it changed everything. So you picked him up in the off season. Uh, you picked him up before the season started. Just for free. That's how you should have them. Like you know, it's how you have to view these players, and then get rid of them before before that runs off. Like I was big on Fulgham because he got an amazing opportunity right off the bat, and after that first week, I said, "Go get him off your waivers." So everybody that got him off waivers, like they're great, they're gold, because they sold him four weeks later um, and, and turned it into something. You know, I turned him into Fournette. Yeah, that's what you have to. That's what you have to do, right? Um, so if you got him for free, um, at, at some point you gotta you gotta sell him. I think for sure, yeah, take
0: the, take the profit exactly. Yeah, what I mean, that's
1: a perfect player like that, because you know, is he is he Philip Lindsay or is he Arian Foster? Well, because of the new regime change, there's a, a little less likelihood of him being Arian Foster.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I, understand, and understand, Polly's not saying he's either one of those two players. He's saying that Arian Foster was an undrafted free agent and Philip Lindsay was an undrafted free agent. So therefore, you know, what we saw with Philip Lindsay is even yeah. though he was playing awesome, we we all agreed. Anybody who watched Philip Lindsay play was like, this dude's awesome. They still brought in a free agent and spent 12 or 10 or whatever, 8, 10, 12 million on and killed,
1: and killed his value.
0: Killed his value. Why? Why did they do that? It doesn't make that much sense. It still doesn't make that much sense in hindsight, but it happened, and it might it happen to James Robinson. It happened.
1: It exactly.
0: happened. It happened.
1: And and to use a un, not an undrafted free agent, you know, uh, uh, analogy, um, I was really big on Singletary, but as soon as they drafted Moss, he was dead. Right. They didn't need to draft Moss. What does he bring to the table that Singletary doesn't? I mean, they just they just both take half the freaking touches and they kill your fantasy team. Oh, I'm
0: getting, I'm getting breaking news actually, uh, to that end. I'm hearing that actually Devin Singletary and Zach Moss have been, uh, hanging out together on a lot of zoom meetings. And, uh, I think, uh, Devin Singletary actually, uh, has showers in the sink next to uh, Zach Moss's locker. So they're really
1: tight. They're, they're, they're super tight. They bathe together. Yeah. yeah. No,
0: no. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, sometimes in the meetings, you've heard this, you've heard this, this is inside information. Sometimes in the meetings, uh, Zach Moss will, you know, he'll let Devin Singletary hop up on his lap so he can see the whiteboard when they're drawn up place. That's what they're sort of yin, yin and yang that way. They work together that way. They're, they're really, uh, they're simpatico that way. So it's, it's important that they're both on the team, Paulie. It's,
1: it's true. It's true. And it's, and it's, it's a moot point to argue which one's better. Like ever since the day they drafted him, you, you just should not spend any time on either one of those guys. They, they just kill each other. They, 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 they know each other too well. Like you said, they're too buddy, buddy. They're too, you know, I mean, I, I I know I saw uh, a Singletary on the handlebars on the video with, with Moss bicycling. Yeah. And that's he was up exactly there, right?
0: Yes, that's um, right. I think they're rooming together now, and um, Zach Moss actually uh, tucks uh, Devin Singletary into his top dresser drawer. He has a little yeah. spot for him there. No, yeah, it's and- like
1: it's like Seinfeld where Kramer had the the guys over and they were in the drawers. Yeah, yeah, he does thing. that
0: for. Yeah. It's the yeah. same thing. It's a really, it's a really tight knit group, which is why they got so far in the playoffs. But you the were producer right. Producer
1: might <laughs> decide to cut some of this because we've just gone off the rails here.
0: Now the the Devin Singletary Zach Moss stuff is is timeless. Uh, fi- family size and personal size, you know, that's the difference. Other than that, they're the same player. But we were right last year. At least I was right. I know that. I don't. I think you were on the same train as that they were they were very likely to be a split backfield, and that you know take the cheaper one, and it was correct. Moss ended up getting hurt. I think he would have edged out um Singletary at real talk, but uh, you're right though to bring up Singletary in that regard because he was also a little fragile, even though he was a third round pick, and he played well uh he was still fragile and, and so you know as a dynasty player, you kind of have to see that shit coming, and you know James Robinson. Look, the, the, the owner of the of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Urban Meyer, the, the GM, none of them give a shit about your fantasy team. Like, zero. They don't. They just don't. So the fact that you're sitting there going, no way they could do that, bro. This guy was like RB4. That is irrelevant information for the NFL. It just is irrelevant. It makes no difference. So, you know, anyway, that's, that's one. Let, let's move on to another polarizing player while I'm hot. Let's go to Devontae Smith because, you know, I think I even asked a question to some of the uh, the aforementioned, uh, you know, analytics nerds about the historical relevance of a player. If Devontae Smith is 6'1", 175, which I think is about right, he will have a, a BMI of like 22 or 23. The sort of floor has always been 24, 25 for guys like Deshaun Jackson and you know uh you know sleepy miller from like 1942 or some shit there was another skinny motherfucker but what i'm saying is there's just never been a guy that skinny i just ask hey what is the historical relevance of a guy being this small analytically and it's just uncertain and so i think that uncertainty is what it is i you know someone uh, quote tweeted me and said look bmi twitter's at it again and i'm like that's that's fair but it's also not really what I'm asking. I'm wondering. I'm not saying it will or won't. It's just, what are your thoughts here? I mean, at some point, BMI matters, right? In other words, if he's 98 pounds and 6'4", he can't play in the NFL, correct? Like, there's a fucking BMI limit to where it's like, dude, not going to work. I'm not saying it's six one one seventy or 165. I don't know where it is, but at some point or another, it matters to some degree. I just don't know how much or if at all in this case. Thoughts?
1: You know, I I mean, I think the game is evolving. Um, You see less press, and and what they're worried about is is what he's going to do with physical press cornerbacks, right? So the two big arguments against Devontae Smith are from the analytics community. They say if we have an outlier that is such an outlier that we have no example of anything in that realm ever hitting, which is that's pretty much where Devontae Smith is landing right now. That's how bad it is from a size perspective, that there's literally no comp for his size. You've got smaller guys like Steve Smith and company that have been successful, but it wasn't the same. Steve Smith was like 5'10", 175. This guy's 6'1". I've seen 6'1", 170. You said 175. I've seen 170. It really depends on where he comes in at. 180 would make a huge difference. Yep. But... You know me and know me well enough to where like I like to use analytics to you know to to back up my point, but I don't completely throw away if the analytics aren't there for somebody. Right. I'm happy to throw out Terrace Marshall if he doesn't meet the thresholds because I'm not as, as excited about him as the player. Sure. But I'm really excited about Devontae Smith. I mean, you're not he's not gonna see much press because what he could do really quickly is gonna scare the shit out of people. And he could get open very, very fast. And he could do things vertically and just gracefully like that. Truly put him in in an elite tier, athleticism-wise, from my perspective, what I've seen of him is just blowing me away. And to me, that just means more. I see somebody that can break that mold. Do I want him to gain 10 more pounds? Yes. But... (laughs) I'm not going to completely throw this guy out because he doesn't meet the BMI. I can't do it. He's too good. He, he's too good. He's gotten more respect from me. He's gotten more respect from my eyeballs than that. And I think a lot of it has to do with press. And we were talking to, uh, to Ray about that and Ray, I think played cornerback. Yes. Uh, yeah. So Ray played quarterback at the collegiate level and, and he'll tell you, he say, you know, you don't, you you say like, yeah, you get up on that little guy and beat him up. But man, if he gets by you, you're freaking burnt and he can get by you. He can use his feet and his, I swear to God, his mom was a ballerina. The guy oh. is graceful. I mean, yes. I, I don't know how to put it other than that. Just, um I just see just this unbelievable grace on the field that um I'm not out. I, I, I'm not out on him because of, because of BMI. I can't do it. He's too damn good.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, same that- thing with Ron Dale.
1: <laughs> I mean, I know these are smaller guys and then yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be happier if they were a little bigger, but I'm not throwing away these guys because they're quote unquote small. Um, yeah. I'm
0: with you. I think, I think with Devonte Smith, like it's a little scary when you hear, look, if he's 162, I think when, uh, when Kane Fossil was on the pod, he he told me like, Oh, he just weighed in at 162. I said, he what? And I, 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 he told me live on the pod, So I was like, I didn't see that anywhere. I thought it was true. And then I was like, I look back. It, it was, I guess it was nonsense. I don't know. I, I, I did not find any corroborating information that said that he actually weighed. He did not weigh in at the senior bowl. So who knows how the fuck heavy he is. He was listed at 170, 170. whatever he is. I, I even said like, I hope he's not six you know, one. Like, it'd be better if he's six feet, right? You know, but I think he comps well to guys like, you know, you you hear the classic one in Marvin Harrison. My my current one in Tommy Moe, uh, you know, agreed. I think he actually said this one was Calvin Ridley. Um, he's sort of in the Marvin Harrison, Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson sort of mold of player. Um, and if he's anywhere close to any of those guys, then he's fine. So, I mean, especially at his value, you know, if he's going wide receiver two or later, I mean, in a lot of drafts, you're going to be able to pick him up as as your wide receiver four, five, six in some cases. I mean, certainly at least three, four, five in some cases where, you know, Bateman, Rondell Moore, maybe Jalen Waddell, obviously Jamar Chase. Like, if you're if you're telling me I can pick him up in the, you know, early to mid-second in the Superflex draft, I, that's a no-brainer. The question, I guess, is, <clears throat> excuse me, if if you if you are telling me I have to pay over Jamar Chase, I'm out, obviously. But um, but I think at value, I think he's fine, and and I tend to agree with you. So I think it's kind of a nothing burger, but I think it's something worth keeping an eye on. It's probably more, uh, you know, Devonte Smith BMI is like DK Metcalf agility, right? Like it's right. something, but it's nothing. Is that right? Fair,
1: you think? Yeah, like you said. I mean, if he checks all the other damn boxes, then you know we gotta we gotta cut him some slack. I mean, you know, it is what it is, as they say. You know, he's not going to get that much bigger, but um, there's 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 smaller guys that succeed. You know, um, the, Kansas City needs you know, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy to say they need another weapon, but I mean, they really do need a stronger wide receiver too. Yes. Really bad. So Me, you know, Nicole
0: Hardman not doing it for you.
1: No. no yeah. No. no. I mean, come on. Get the Sammy I mean, Watkins, on. Demarcus yeah. Robinson, well,
0: pour one out for Sammy Watkins, man. I'm Those guys weird.
1: all kind of rotate and take turns being, you know, terrible. The wide receiver too. <laughs> 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 so,
0: hey, it's your turn to go out there and be terrible. Get out there and
1: don't do shit, bro. One of those guys ends up going there, and yeah, you know, landing spot's gonna be <laughs> gonna be uh, helpful. My, my um, dream
0: is for Rondell to go to uh, to Kansas City. That's my that's my little secret. Little just Rondell Moore out there, just that'd be sick.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see him like uh, Green uh, Bay too. I think would be really hot. Yep. Um, but really, I mean any team that's embracing the new NFL with jet sweeps and, and some manufactured RB touches, um, because he's, he's good enough to get you, you know, the, the two or three carries a game too. Yeah. Um, going to be important. So I don't want him to go to some old school, you know, Madden, uh, two pages of Madden playbook <laughs> where you're not going to see that creative manufactured touches. Definitely. Half, need that. Halfback dive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He de- he definitely needs more than that, you know. So that's gonna that's gonna make a difference.
0: Fullback dive right, fullback dive left. We're gonna do some things off of that. We're gonna be good. Right. Hey, speaking of speaking of being good, bro. It's late. I appreciate yeah. you. Let's call this one, baby. Hey, uh, if y'all aren't following Poly Sleepers already, uh, that means you're either a not on Twitter or twittering wrong. So you got to go out and and follow Poly Sleepers. Poly, tell them what you're up to. Uh, just real quick because I'm stupid and we'll fuck it up. So tell the world what you're up to.
1: Uh, I mean, should we just go ahead and drop it now? Like, should we do this? Will be like the first public announcement of 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 my big project.
0: Yeah, go for it, brother. It's gonna be uh, sure. Fucking a man. It's late. Tell them
1: it's late, uh, and you'll you'll be glad you stayed till the end. Exactly. Uh, the undroppables are doing a live uh, undraftathon. the NFL draft during the draft with tons of big names that you know uh, around the community that are going to make it fun. And we're going to have everybody involved, our graphics team, our video team, tons of stuff to splice in, the ticker going, the whole nine yards, tons of fun. It's going to be for charity. (coughs) We've already got t-shirt designs. So uh, I won't say much more now because it's in the infant stages, but it's something that everybody on the team has embraced. And uh, it's my baby, and it's going to be a beautiful one. I, I mean, wait. the only
0: the the only negative was all the big names that you had because I was thinking it was just going to be me just talking about every single draft pick as it happened for, what, three or four hours? But no, you guys uh, vetoed that and thought it would be better to have some of these really awesome uh you know really well known and, and renowned guys in the community talking about it instead of just me 100% which i took offense to now i'm only teasing but it's going to be awesome man i am so excited uh they're going to let me talk for 5 or 10 minutes which i am looking forward to but it's going to be the undroppable's team it's going to be a great production we're going to have highlights and and uh opinions and smack talk and all sorts of fun shit and and whatever polly touches something it, it turns that to fits. gold Prop. That's the whole thing, man. It's gonna be fucking fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. We can swear, at least that's what I'm being told. Um, you know, that they're gonna let me swear, which is always fun. So if uh if the Green Bay Packers uh you know take Kyle Trask in the first round because they need a quarterback to motivate Aaron Rodgers for another year, you'll hear me go Ooh. fucking crazy um you know cuz hey man it worked last year let's do it again you know double down on the uh, on the insanity of of the draft well, they need to so take fun. and then they
1: need to take kylan hill in the second round
0: <laughs> maybe a fullback is there a fullback worth taking they need their kyle ushek for their team you know right. fucking dumbasses but um but no i, I th- that is going to be a lot of fun and you know uh i you know i thought you might even be talking about the draft kit which is coming out which we're all working hard on, except for me. Uh, I'm a lazy son of a bitch, but everybody else is working real hard. Um, but uh, the un- Unscripted pod is really awesome. I'm so glad it's back. Uh, I, was, I was telling somebody, and I'll tell the listeners right now, it's like the it's ear-to-the-ground podcast. Uh, there's a lot of great Dynasty uh, information there, but when those three guys get together, especially Term and Pauly and Beezy, I mean, you just get those guys in a room, and all of a sudden, you start getting smarter about football because they just sort of—I don't know, man. It's just a really great pod in that way. Thanks, so it's kind of like a special
1: blend. Thank you.
0: It's awesome. I love it. It keeps me because I'm more of a, you know, game theory guy. I, I like the, the information, coaches, the whole thing. Just the kind of the the ear to the ground stuff is what I love about the show, man. And it's really good that way. Um, so you guys are great at it. So pay attention to that. Uh, but on behalf of all of us at The Undroppables, on behalf of all of us at The Undrafted Podcast, our producer, Michael, uh, Polly Sleepers, Polly Lundegaard, you can find him at Polly Sleepers on Twitter. I am Scott Belanger, Jax Falcone at Dynasty, uh, Dino Game Three, whatever the fuck. You can just Google Dynasty. I should pop right up there. Uh, <laughs> we, are, we are psyched to have you. Uh, and uh, peace out, folks.